Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Thanks for joining us today. We are continuing our series of first-year homeschoolers, that kind of an addendum to our Homeschool Journeys podcast series and where we interview people who have just finished their first year of homeschooling. Um, so we'd love to you know, share these new stories with you. But before we begin, everything we talk about today, which there will be some a few things, will be down in the show notes. Um, we will be interviewing Teresa Kaur, um, and she also has a website and, a, and an Instagram feed, so feel free to, to go and like and follow all her stuff, and that'll be down in the show notes. Um, but before we begin, join us on Instagram, join us on Facebook, do all the, do all the needful things, but most importantly, like Venus rising in the morning, <laughs> what? get the to iTunes and leave us a beautiful, warm, glowing... <laughs> On the Horizon Review. We appreciate all 12 of you that have reviewed thus far. But it really helps yes. folks to find us. So, But yeah, this interview, Teresa was wonderful. Yeah, uh, so she's, on the east, to, she's on the East Coast. Yeah, it was a little late. It was. A, it got a little giggly at points. You know, the thing is, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of editing in this one because we just kept laughing because she was just uh, she was lovely to interview yeah, and we was. had a lot lots in common to talk about. But those edits will be clean. They'll be like it's seamless. Yeah, it. You know, it was it was great uh, because. This is, uh, you know, what we our first interview last week with Sarah uh, was not specifically a COVID homeschooler, mm-hmm. and Teresa and her family are right. They this isn't, wasn't exactly what they had planned. Or her daughter was going to a Montessori school, and yeah. COVID changed their plan. So it was really fun to hear from somebody who had to pivot, mm-hmm. and all of the joy that she's found in homeschooling, and just, you know, I I found it really inspiring. If you're a new homeschooler mm-hmm. or a, a prospective homeschooler. Listening to somebody like like Teresa talk is uh, just you know it fills me with all the the fuzzies the warm and fuzzies about yeah. why why we just love this why we've chosen this journey for our family. Yeah, not only is she into game schooling like we are, and a lot of the people who are listening, you know, she's got the young learners. I think three and six and seven mm-hmm. that type of age. She's got two, um, but also we've had back to back eclectic homeschoolers. I know ones that kind of like hop around. They love whoop, trying whoop. new things. Yeah, I know. Aren't we all? I mean, aren't we all? And even if you follow a curriculum, I am. I imagine you have, Those you know, moments. some extra piece of something that you pull in. Your little bit of eclectic side comes out. I just, you know, why? Because there's so many great things, right? It. If we were homeschooling 30 years ago, mm-hmm. we would have a very limited amount of material that we could choose from. Mm-hmm. But as as we are now, the amount of printed material is huge. And then the amount of digital material yes. goes beyond even that, right? Yeah. So 
there's just so many wonderful choices. How could anyone choose? I know. It's amazing. Right? It's, it's great. Why would we not want to do all the things with our kids? You know, sometimes we have to rein ourselves in from doing <laughs> everything. We, it's funny. We were talking about collecting um, curriculum. I said, no, we're just curators, curators of fantastic curators. educational content. <laughs> That's all. But so. also what's nice also is we've had back-to-back educators, you know, with Sarah being an educator for kind of the lower grades, yep, third. Uh, third third, grade, yeah, early elementary. Um, Teresa is an educator at the college level and actually post, you know, I think doctorate level uh, educator for nurses who want to get into education, um, teaching at, you know, pretty prestigious university here in the United States. Yeah, it's interesting um, to talk to educators. It is, and it's interesting to hear their take coming from the classroom into the homeschool room and how, how much they embrace that and how... I wouldn't say like completely different, but it is different in that sense. Sure. And I think you'll hear that in the interview today, the way Teresa kind of came into this blossoming experience, the way she describes her homeschooling life and that kind of that evolution over the last year. I think you will hear it in her voice, how much you know homeschooling means to her and her family. I think that just came through in the interview. And I think mm-hmm. that was you know the most endearing part of it that you know she really loves homeschooling. And I think that, you know, being your first year can be very daunting. It can be very scary, sure. especially when you're dipping your toes into it. And, and you, you weren't know, planning to. And she wasn't planning. You know, like She was sending her daughter to a Montessori, and that was her plan. And then she had to pivot. And you know, there's a lot of fear and anxiety there. And you can tell how she jumped into it. Um, she's very articulate. Really wholeheartedly. A yeah, very articulate, very smart mom. Um, and she's doing a great job. So let's hop into the interview with Teresa Kaur. Hi, Teresa. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to share my experiences homeschooling. We're so excited to have you continuing our first year homeschooler series. Mm-hmm. So uh, give us a bit of background about your family and what drove you all to homeschool. We are COVID homeschoolers and we do have food allergies in the family as well. So that definitely influenced our decision to homeschool this year. Uh, There is a global pandemic, which is another reason. I'm a pediatric nurse by background Mm -hmm. and I teach for a university. Um, I teach nurses who want to go on for doctoral degrees to become scholars and researchers and educators. Uh, My family, uh, my husband is working from home. And so he used to be in the office. We used to share an office and now I kicked him to the basement. So now he's there. (laughs) And I have a daughter. She's six years old, almost seven. And I have a three-year-old son. Did you, when you decided to go into homeschooling, you're obviously coming out of a traditional education, you know, world. Um, What was that change like? How did you pivot fast? And, you know, did you, were you able to choose a curriculum that you liked or how did you adapt, you know, uh, an existing education style that you might have already known? Yeah, my kids were in a Montessori school okay. and then they went to remote learning about March of last year. And, you know, we were they actually did not do the Zoom calls or they weren't, you know, I taught them how to use Google Classroom, actually, you know, so I did like an in-service with them uh, one time. And then they these teachers were so great. And then they got onto it. And so they developed some asynchronous sessions. And slowly they started some synchronous sessions. And I realized that I just wanted to do something for my kids. I wanted that 
learning to continue at home. So I started, believe it or not, on YouTube and, uh, you know, a Google (laughs) search. And, you know, I found out about all of this wealth of information about homeschooling, which I knew very little about. I'm going to be completely honest with you. And I did also look into Montessori style homeschooling. Slowly, I realized that I am kind of like an eclectic homeschooler in that, you know, I don't want to prescribe subscribe to one specific area. I want to kind of dabble in everything. And I, I think that follows and aligns a lot with the Montessori curriculum and the, you know, hands-on learning and the manipulatives that come with it. And so I was able to try different curricula throughout this journey. And I feel like I have so many things on my bookshelf and downloaded to my computer, (laughs) just like everybody else. Uh, And we tried things and my daughter is so easygoing that I feel like everything worked for her. You know, at one point I had four math programs going and then I said, so which one do you like the best? And she said, I really like all of them, you know, don't get rid of it. And so, um, I mean, we just did what, and it was very student led, you know, I let her tell me what she loved loved. Um, And I was a stickler for kind of doing these core curricula. But really, until 3am some nights, I was up and I'm a night owl Mm -hmm. on YouTube watching reviews of curricula and reading websites and trying to figure out my daughter's learning, teaching and learning style for both of us uh, to figure out where we could go in this journey and how we would start. And in March, I literally just kind of tasked myself the four, first thing I bought, which you guys will know is Torchlight. You know, I mm-hmm. just said yeah. Torchlight Pre-K, this is great. It's great for both of my kids and they both took to it. Um, we're actually going to be finishing out Pre-K very soon. And I already had bought the next level, you know, because I wanted to just kind of continue that um, for us. You know, that's funny. You're, you're the second eclectic homeschooler, um, that we we've interviewed. We just released an episode, I think today. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was very similar to you where she liked to kind of switch it up. She was also, she's also an educator as well. Do you, is there something with you being an educator that you gravitate to the eclectic mix that you, that you like that style? Is there something there? Yeah. So my, uh, my own teaching philosophy stems from problem-based learning and narrative pedagogy. So narrative pedagogy is basically storytelling. Mm-hmm. My kids love stories. I mean, I am such a poor deliverer, deliverer of story time, bedtime stories. My husband is fantastic. He can create. My daughter li- literally will give him a topic and he'll just run with it. Whereas I am not that creative. <laughs> um, I can share very truthful stories and anecdotes and they love those as well. So I definitely use that. And I know that my my kids love books and literature. And so I could have gravitated towards that philosophy. But instead, I wanted to bring it all together. And so I really fully believe in a multi-sensory learning environment. Um, so I want to get at the audio, the auditory and the visual and the kinesthetic and the cognitive domains so that I can offer all of this and sort of figure out. And I think I'm still figuring out what style my daughter is and what my style my son is. And they're two different, definitely learning styles. Mm-hmm. Um, and my daughter is more adaptive and my son is more of a he's very prescriptive in nature. You know, he Mm -hmm. likes memorization. Like the other day we were playing Dragonwood and he's like, Oh, three plus three, 
six. I had no idea he would know that. And maybe he's mm-hmm. just learning hearing, you know, my daughter, or maybe he's just learning. I have no idea where he's learning from. But, <laughs> game you schooling know, for the win. Yeah, game yes, game schooling for the win. So, you know, I think that it's it's very unique. And another thing that sort of informs my own teaching is problem-based learning, whereby, you know, if I give a problem to my nursing students and I ask the right questions and they take a turn. It's almost like a choose your own mystery to figure Mm -hmm. out what you need to know. And so problem-based learning, a lot of people attribute it to like case studies and things like that. And I think that real world connection is really helpful in learning. Well, how will you apply this in the future? And so I like those kind of curricula that can you can see where it's going and what what you know it's not just three plus three but it's like oh when you go to the counter and your mom you know or you're you're baking yeah. something mm-hmm. and you really need to add all of these ingredients together how you'll do that and why this is so important so I like that application as well as the thinking and the thought process because then I can interrupt as the guide by the side and say okay well let's think about this and so and I can help her, you know, navigate this critical thinking pathway. You know, with the problem-based learning, um, do you, do you do a lot of, um, do you find yourself doing a lot of almost call and response type of things? Like in in the sense that you're the mentor, you're doing the Socratic uh, method, trying to tease out the knowledge, having them discover the answers through the process. Is that where, what you're trying to, what you do a lot of? Yeah. So um, not, well, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that it's, Um, well aligned to the Socratic method. I think it's actually more open than that. There's definitely areas where it can be a very concrete um, prescriptive answer, but for the most part, you can go any pathway. It's like when you have one term like diabetes and then, Mm -hmm. you know, the student would ask a question in themselves to say, okay, well, what are the types? What are the treatments? What are the medications? What are, so I want my daughter to be able to say, here's this very broad topic. Like, let's say we were talking about, um, you know, the circulatory system. And I want her to be able to ask me questions. You know, she was talking about the veins in the back of her hand. And so I Mm -hmm. said, oh, why are they, you know, the color that they are? Or what kind of blood do they carry? And it was, it was a very interesting thing because then we could open up a book and sort of navigate this question together. And so she's not at the age, like my doctoral students who could go (laughs) find out that information together, Mm -hmm. but she can definitely get the reference book to say, like, okay, here's where it is. So veins carry blood uh, to the heart, you know, so that was very um, insightful. And I think, you know, it's meaningful, because then later, she and my son were playing, you know, doctor, and you know, Mm -hmm. she's, she's telling teaching my son about this, which is also it was very, it was very sweet, because the Montessori classrooms are, you know, um, they have multiple uh, age groups within them. And so I love seeing that teaching continue. And it shows me that I did something right, right? So that she can teach it back to somebody else. So so I, I, I totally am, am very sympathetic to what you, you described there with that kind of that question and say, let's go find the answer. There's a, you know, in the homeschooling community, there's a lot of that kind of um, intrinsic motivation, go to find you know, learn the learn the tools and the skills to go find the knowledge. Um, unschooling is a is a popular version of that. Maybe more to the extreme um, than than most. Do you find yourself you know gravitating to those learning methods and learning styles as opposed to following more of a you know like you said to use torchlight, 
but do you find yourself going to more of that discovery-based learning? Yeah, we have curriculum um, that I have invested a lot of money in. <laughs> so uh, we definitely prescribe to a curriculum, but it's it's what those, you know, I never knew what a rabbit trail was until I was a homeschooler. But, you know, if we find something that my daughter is very interested in, or my son is very interested in. For instance, we were playing Animal Crossing. And one time they talked about this beautiful butterfly, um, you know, and then my son brought me this book, you know, and he said, Oh, look, this is the same butterfly, you know, and so then we were talking about the time that we had caterpillars, and they became monarch butterflies, you know, so I'm okay going and using what I call our time for homeschool, down these rabbit trails to uncover more of what they're interested in. I think they're so young that if I don't follow their passion and their interests, that then they might lose that love of learning. And that's what I really want to instill in them. You know, I call my my homeschool Grateful Academy because I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And I really want them to learn to love learning, <laughs> you know, so it's, I, that's a really bad way to say it, but that's exactly what I, I want them to love learning and actually just continue it for the rest of their life, whether they're in school or out of it. Yeah. One of the things that I've realized in the last about two years of doing the homeschooling with the younger ones that they, they do have this just an amazing capacity to, you know, learn anything and, and, mm-hmm. and to, be you know, interested in everything and be interested in everything. And it's just, it's shocking. Do you, do you, were you surprised at that too? Being, you know, um, you, you're obviously an educator for adults. Was it interesting to see the process play out in younger people? Yeah, I'm, I'm completely blown away by how knowledgeable these young creatures are, you know, everyone loves their own kids and we all, you know, think that they're amazing beings. And once I became a homeschooling mom and, and my husband being a homeschooling dad, we're just amazed at how creative our children are, how, Mm -hmm. um, how focused, you know, and, and although they're very fidgety, like all kids, you know, but, (laughs) but they're very, um, I'm just blown away sometimes by their questions or their remembrance. You know, uh, I remember just talking about the silent E and, you know, here I am thinking my daughter is just like not going to get it. And then the Mm -hmm. very next day where she can, she remembers things better than I do, better than adults for sure. But, you know, I think that they are just sponges who want to absorb all of this. And the more we give them, the more they'll get at this young age. And so I, I'm literally blown away. I also admire all of those Montessori's teachers who influence Mm -hmm. my kids along the way. Um, They have very tough jobs. And I learned that very quickly. Uh, but at the same time, I'm flirt where our family is thriving in this environment. And I've never, I, I always tell my boss, that's the best that, you know, she always says, well, how's it, how's it being a first grade teacher? And I say, it's the best in, job in the world, you know, and I, I am learning along the way. Uh, we use all about reading as well. And so learning these little, I'm mm-hmm. like, did I ever learn this? Lo- no. Like, did I know phonics? No. I, I'm no. like, no, not, what? Like the ER and the IR and the UR, no. they all say, er, like what? I, I, learned, I, learned more, I learned more grammar from my Spanish class yes. than I ever did from my English yes. class. L- listen, listen, yes. I have an engineering degree. Okay. And I've seen some stuff in right start math that I'm like, yes. I never learned to do that. <laughs> 
I have a degree in engineering. You know how much math yeah. I've taken? Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. But he'll he'll be like, oh, we're doing this cool exercise. I go, what? He goes, oh, yeah. well, you know, if you group things like this and do that, it makes this. I go, yeah. it does? I feel yeah. like it's it's kindergarten math. <laughs> I feel like I'm being schooled by my, my daughter's homeschool curriculum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, I'm definitely you... learning that. I'm learning a lot. Uh, you know, I have my little jokes. My boss, the committee is a group of vultures. And so I told her that's why I'm not going to volunteer for any more committees. And so, you know, and the triangle is the strongest shape. I, you must know that as an engineer. I did not know that. So there's a lot of things. Well, you know, we, we have these technical backgrounds and our daughter is very much into ancient Egypt. And so we are learning just uh, amazing things that we, I mean, I I don't know. I did that in second grade, I think. And then I don't remember studying more about it, but you know, it's really interesting to see the things that capture their imagination. Mm -hmm. So, so you talked a little bit about your, your, you know, something that got your daughter excited and then she's working with your son. What is the dynamic of, of two and how do you, how, what things do you pair together and, and what do you separate and, and how does the juggle work with that? I'm, we're particularly selfishly interested because our children have the exact same age gap, although they're younger, they have the yeah. same age gap. Te- yeah. Teach us Obi-Wan, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know that I have a perfect, you know, solution to how every, every day is different and my kids get along, which is fantastic. And they, um, my daughter, has always taken this very motherly role to my son and whether it's just who she is or whether it's been her Montessori classroom, I I don't know. Um, But they seem to just love to work together, which has been amazing. And I involve my son with everything we're doing. And so whether it's a read aloud or whether it's working on a science experiment or whether it's I don't know, building something, you know, he has an active role in everything we do, whether he chooses to participate (laughs) or not is another thing. But I have in our, it's our dining room. So we basically transformed it into a homeschool room um, because we never actually had a dining room table. It was always kind of an extra playroom for them. We have like a side little toy cubby thing it's a very common thing that everyone has and so he can take down whatever he wants um or many times i'll just suggest hey play with your magnetiles or take out your model magic or do some play-doh you know whatever he wants to do his blocks and he'll do that you know and so he kind of occupies his time um sometimes like today he was just hitting you know uh, we have this little play horse thing and he was just hitting a little stuffed ball with that you know so I'm, I'm very open because he's three years old and mm-hmm. so I think he's picking up things with you know I don't I'm not formally instructing him although he does like workbooks and he does like to sit down but I never like I don't have a plan for him so mm-hmm. it's more so when he wants to do things he does them but you know we were walking in a park the other day and he picked up something and he said, Oh, look, this is the seed of a gum tree, which, you know, if you remember from torchlight, like that's was like one of the first lessons that I'm like, what? Like, so I know he's <laughs> absorbing things and maybe it's not through the formal instruction, but he mm-hmm. is absolutely involved. And, you know, my daughter does 
in the morning time, we have these work boxes set up. So I have like one drawer that says morning work and afternoon work. So my my son wanted that and he hasn't opened his morning work in many weeks. And that's okay because, you know, I just wanted to offer it to him. So when he's ready, he's going to initiate and I know he'll he'll want to learn. Uh, but in the meantime, he's just kind of along for the ride. And he he's gotten into that rhythm um, before he used to actually take a nap. He no longer takes naps. So, you know, we've had to adjust our homeschool schedule based on his needs and our family needs. And, you know, we just find a new rhythm every time there's a change that happens to us. Um, did him losing the nap happen in this last year? Yes, it did. Oh, okay. And so, then what was it, what was it like before that? And then what was it like after that? Cause I just made a big change because my, my youngest lost the morning nap, but I still am retaining the afternoon nap. And I've been leveraging that as kind of like, you know, a teaching time frame. but she's also two and not three. So yes. what, what was that like yes. when, when it shifted? So it happened right around his third birthday. And so mm-hmm. he just, he decided, you know, it's not for him anymore. <laughs> and so, um, so, so my daughter uh, will always do her morning work after breakfast. And really her morning work is like, it can be like a mini Luke logic game or a, I don't know, a puzzle or something else. And then it might have a writing assignment or some type of math assignment. I try to do language and math together. And then she also does have an afternoon one. And some days, if that's all she does, I'm okay with that. But I like to also structure in um, like her all about reading or maybe something related to spelling or phonics or something related to art. And I think I said math and, you know, all the maths that we use. But, you know, we try to do every day is different in our house, I have to say. And so during the nap period, like when my son would take a nap and it was about an hour, maybe sometimes a little bit more my daughter and I would do that formal one-on-one instruction. Mm -hmm. And that was like such a great rhythm for us. And now ever since that stopped, we've had to kind of just fall into a natural other rhythm. And so sometimes that's when my husband, you know, gets off of work, we'll do it right before dinner time. Um, Sometimes it's later in the evening, we've done one or two weekends just to catch up. Um, Although my daughter's always kind of been ahead. So I've never had I've never felt that I've been behind. But you know, just if she asked for it, I'm like, sure, let's just get one done, you know, so so that has really changed us. And so now we're more of that evening. We go into the evening hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always think, or I was always told by people who advise me on homeschool that kids work better in the morning. And um, so that's why I think those work boxes are so important to us that mm-hmm. she's able to do that. And most mornings we try to do, I used to do a morning basket. I used to. Um, <laughs> and now, you know, we would play like a game like, I think it's called Head Talk Tails Walk. I think that's oh, what it's that called. That is an excellent game. Yes. So, and everybody got into that. And that was a good warm up for us. We'd sing songs mm-hmm. and we'd do some memory work and we'd, we'd just have a good time. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, I did like binders for them and I did all the Velcro stuff and I was just like, okay, they don't like that. So we're just going to ditch that for now. And now my son loves it, you know? So yeah. I never know what they'll pick on shoes. And then, then we did torchlight for a while, you know, so we don't necessarily have a, 
like I'm okay changing things up. And so that's why I feel like I'm more eclectic because I'm, I'm kind of letting them tell me what they like. And so the other day I was mentioning to my daughter, I'm like, you know, let's do Torchlight. And I said, Torchlight is homeschool. You know, let's just do that. And she's like, Torchlight is homeschool? Hold on. You know, like, so they're just having fun, I think, throughout this process. And she sees mainly her work boxes and maybe the time that she gets with me or my husband doing like those formal lessons as homeschool and the rest is just kind of fun um and she was surprised board games were also homeschool or game schooling so you know i let out too many secrets i think early on i should have kept them but keep those cards close so (laughs) so you you said you know you weren't sure exactly what to expect when you started when you started homeschool and now it's become all these things you've got all these eclectic pieces what did you what did you think about homeschooling prior to starting and like how has I'm obviously you have a completely different perspective now like what's that that delta for you yeah yeah so I always thought that um homeschool homeschooling moms could absolutely not work and for a while I even thought well should I reevaluate my career and figure out you know, something different. And, you know, that would have been a really last minute decision for me. And I kind of decided last minute to do this, even though I had been researching things and we've been doing it since March, I was unsure what September would bring. And I really wanted to evaluate the pandemic for our family needs. And so uh, that was definitely one of those preconceived notions where I wasn't sure that I could work and balance this. And one of the things that I learned slowly is that I had to I describe this to my to to my friends and family as, uh, you know, my husband and I are sort of tag team wrestlers, which sounds really, really <laughs> yep. awkward. But like, you know, we, we're tag teaming each other throughout the day. So as I have a meeting, you know, then he's stepping in with the kids and then I'm tagged out, you know, or he's tagged in, I'm tagged out. So, you know, and then we do that and we do the same thing with homeschooling. And so I've realized that, you know, there's times where my job is mainly I teach asynchronously, but I do have synchronous sessions. So largely I take meetings in the evening or I work into the late into the night so that I can balance Mm -hmm. this thing. And so for me, being immersed in with my kids and being 100% present has really added and heightened to their excitement towards learning. And um, that was definitely something that I thought could not be done. And after I would say about a month of doing it, I was like, oh, this isn't, we can do this. We can do this. And, you know, I had a really good group of friends who also made the decision to homeschool. And just that, you know, those group chats or reading things on Facebook and getting mm-hmm. inspired or watching YouTube videos or hearing these great podcasts, you know, I <laughs> I would be really just um, motivated and, and inspired. And I'm not an elementary school teacher and I'm still in awe of everything that they do. Uh, but, you know, I, I figured I, my daughter is getting this one-on-one learning experience that both of us will look back on and hopefully just smile and kind of remember these really great times uh, between us. And so, and between my son as well, he's never ex- excluded from our learning uh, process. You said you, you, you tag in, you know, with your, your duo there. Um, does he also, does your husband also do some homeschooling as well? Or is it primarily on, on your plate right now? 
Yeah, so um, I definitely am the primary teacher, I'll say. He is a really good substitute. My daughter prefers me, you know, no one likes a substitute all times. <laughs> so he's, he's great. He's really, really energetic. And he's so again, creative. And he's new to it, you know, and some of the curricula that I have chosen, really prescribes to, you know, it's not so teacher intensive in that, you know, you can kind of read the prompts, like, you know, for instance, all about reading, right? You can read the prompts or spelling, you see, he's kind of gotten the rhythm. So if I have a meeting, then he can step in and definitely, uh, you know, finish up for the day. And sometimes we only get to one or two things and that I'm okay mm -hmm. with that. You know, I used to look at my uh, planner at the end and say, oh, we, maybe we should have done one or two more lessons. But, you know, I feel like I've been doing this for a year and we're so beyond where I thought I would be that mm -hmm. I'm okay with what we're, where we are and it's okay to take a day off and not but my husband has definitely kept up with this and he he is our PE teacher so mm -hmm. he, he will take them out and you know I get a break and so he loves that high energy thing we we got um, ring fit recently and so you know we've been all doing that and getting our indoor exercise while it's like snow on the ground and ice and everything else so that's been mm -hmm. fun um, but he has definitely, uh, he's, and he loves history too. So he can, cool. you know, I'm, I'm telling him to start maybe thinking about teaching her more of history. And so we also have been doing, so I'm a secular homeschooler, but we also mm -hmm. have, like, I have a religion as well. So, you know, it's a Sikhism. So he's been doing a lot with Sikh history and teaching, and he's teaching her our written language, which is Gurmukhi. So that's mm -hmm. also another role that he's kind of taken on. And so I'm like, you do that. I'll do this. This is awesome. Like, she'll never get this again. So, and so my son as well is getting the same um, experience. A few a few mo moments ago, you said the P word, and Ariel kind of shivered. Planning. Um, oh, I'm the, a planning. Uh, I'm you said a you said you're you, you know you're a night owl. Um, how much time do you spend planning your week, maybe your month? You know, with respect to your eclectic nature of of education, how much time do you spend kind of organizing things, planning things, keeping things rolling? You know, what what is that time? Commitment? And and what are you using primarily to do your planning? Yeah. So, so for work, I am completely computer app everything driven and for homeschool I have been using and retreated back to my paper planner and it's just Analog. worked for me nice. yeah, yes yeah. and so you know I at one point had watched a YouTube video it was brilliant YouTube video on somebody who used like graph paper to like map out assignments and then they just colored in boxes as they were doing lessons and I was like that spoke to me somehow <laughs> some way um, and it was this easy visual that I could just include and so I started doing that, then I stopped and I just, now I just like kind of tear out the like beginning of the book, like little checkoff sheets and I just <laughs> stick them in a binder on my desk and so, or they're in a happy planner. And so, so I use that and that has been really helpful. And so as far as planning, I will do a little bit on Sunday nights where I'll kind of look over what I want to get done and what my goals are. And with Torchlight, I always promise my kids that if we're doing all of this reading and if we're, you know, dancing around and singing, you know, the alphabet <laughs> songs and things like that, that we can either do an art project or a science project. And so both of my kids love that. And I know that about them. And so they're always 
always excited to see, well, what's going to be our art project or what's going to be our science project? And so that is something that I kind of think out through the week. And we kind of do it sometimes only in three days um, and sometimes in four days. But for the most part, I can just sit and read for a very long time and both of them will be engaged and they love it. And so then that art project or the science project afterwards is really important to them. So I'll do that. And then in order to set up my daughter's work boxes, like let's say I did a math UC lesson with her, then I would rip out the pages that she would need to do. And then I just put them in her work box. So that usually takes me about five to 10 minutes Hmm. most nights. And the days I forget, she loves it, you know, because then she doesn't (laughs) have to do anything um, for the morning work. And so I also like to give her some of those days like, oops, mommy forgot, even though mommy doesn't usually forget, (laughs) just so that she gets a break from that, that rhythm. I love to vary it up because I think that's life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I want her to embrace changes and kind of be adaptable to all of that and just be as flexible as you know, all of us need to be in life. You know, that that's wonderful. Do you do any um, planning with respect to like what the state requires from you? I think you're in Maryland, if I'm right. Um, is there I anything... was born and raised in Maryland, but I'm in okay. New Jersey. And so oh, you're in, in Jersey. Okay. I'm in okay. Jersey. Yeah. So yeah, so in in the state of New Jersey, it's been very relaxed as far as rules and regulations for homeschool. So there's not a lot of, there's no evidence that we need to show that we're homeschooling or that, um, you know, there's no testing that we have to do, um, at least at this level. And that may change in the future. And I've heard of legislation, but as of right now, it's a very relaxed state. That's wonderful. Now, you also mentioned you had, um, you know, friends and, and, and people who also jumped into homeschooling. Have you seen you know, in your, you know, people that you know, jumping into homeschooling and enjoying it as well? Have you been able to provide some learning to them as well? Yeah. So for um, a long time, we talked in a group of friends and we have met in parks in a safe social distance environment with masks and everything else. We've had lessons, you know, together. And once the weather got really cold here, we kind of stopped and we're hoping to pick up again, especially Mm -hmm. since it's hopefully getting to be safer as far as going out and meeting. But we we have met in some local parks. Um, We've done some play dates and things like that and group lessons. I was supposed to do one virtually on Zoom related to anatomy and physiology, which is a course that I used to teach. And so you know, we all use our talents. And I happen to be in a group where there's a lot of former teachers. So I'm Mm. very, very lucky because they can pick up any subject and I can only do the sciences really, you know, and maybe some math. But uh, so I've been blessed in that in that regards. So you've embarked with this other group with this group. And we're kind of curious, you know, looking at how many people have picked up homeschooling with COVID in how many will stay, uh, you know, after all this is done and schools are all back to normal, everyone's been vaccinated and everything is, is quote unquote normal again, you know, will you continue homeschooling and what, and, and you're in your surrounding group, do you think that many or, or some of them will continue homeschooling as well? Yeah, I think as far as our group is is concerned, I think most of them will continue homeschooling. Everyone who I've talked to has really fallen in love with that, uh, fallen in love with homeschool. Um, 
a lot of them, again, are former teachers. And so maybe that was a trajectory for them already. As far as us, we're kind of still undecided. As of right now, we're going to homeschool for next year. But, you know, the state of the pandemic and, the, and safety is the most important thing for me. Uh, so mm-hmm. we're going to evaluate our family needs. And as of right now, I am I would love the opportunity to homeschool again. It's something that's so rewarding to me personally. Um, and I hope, you know, my daughter says that she doesn't want to go back to school. She wants to homeschool. So I love that. <laughs> my son got, I don't even know. <laughs> so, you know, I think he's just along for the ride, which is great too. But I think both of them are kind of just enjoying and loving this special time. You know, we, we've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast that we feel that this period, even though it's been very, very difficult for a lot of people, it has been one, the, you know, the kind of the silver lining has been this kind of closeness that our family has had, mm-hmm. where we've all been crammed in for, you know, better or worse, sometimes <laughs> crammed into this house, you know, and not able to do a lot of things we have had to be together. And I think that closeness, you know, I, Ariel always says, um, you know, she was not you know, she was off at work for our first one and while she came up, you know, kind of came of age and she's been able to be here for our youngest one, you know, at when she was born and all the way until she's about two now. I think that connection, that closeness, I think is something we'll always look back to. Um, do you, if, if you could, would you go the distance? Would you homeschool all, all the way if, if, if it is something that works for you guys? Is that something that's interesting to you or is it, do you feel like there might be a nat- natural cutoff for you somewhere? So I've thought about homeschooling in the long, you know, for the long haul. And uh, many times, you know, I've talked to my husband even for just safety concerns related to our food allergies. My my daughter has multiple food allergies. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, should the need arise in the future, that's something I want to know that I have a fault, a backup plan. I was like having a plan B, C and all the way to Z for Mm -hmm. us. That's just who I am. And so, I always want to know that I can do this. And so this experience has really shown me that I can do it. And I would like to continue for as long as I can. You know, it's, it's one of those things, even us, and we've obviously we run a homeschool podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. We, we've thought a lot about it. We want to homeschool, but even for us, I would say that the, that our answer is the same. You know, we want to homeschool for as long as it works for us. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that isn't uh, just next year because we'd like to keep doing this and we love it. And that's one of the things I think about is as much as it's for our our kids, we get so much out of it. It's a, it's like a family, it's a way of living for all of us. And I, I know we would be really sad if our kids didn't want to do it. Luckily, they they love it. Um, she has no you know. choice. I, I, it's propaganda twenty four seven. It is propaganda, but <laughs> we do we do we love it. Uh, we love the closeness and we love the kind of family life that it gives us. But but we too uh, are in the same boat as long as it works yeah. for us. Well, if it doesn't, then right. it's not it's not helping anybody. And if you know a few times, I mean, I've been doing this for five years now, and it's you know stay at home. Uh, the five the stay at home part, not the homeschool part. Yeah, not the homeschool yeah. thing. Yeah. Too. You know, every time I've thought about not not you know saying anything about your situation or anything, but every time I've thought about okay, maybe I need to go back and and you know do the grind again. Yeah, go and, back to work. And... and I've always you know just gone through the thought experiment of you know do I want to be doing meetings at eleven and six in the morning and you know do I, and answering email at three in the morning when I got to go to the bathroom and you know it's just like. Those are things I don't want to do. And you had an unusually stressful I had a, job. Yeah, I had an unusually stressful job, but I would probably go right back into something like that. I just know myself. But like every time I think through it, I go, no, no, this is, it's way more important what I'm doing for them. You know, I've already had a decent long career that, you know, I, I, I've, I've had that experience. This is, this is probably a better experience for me 
for them. And I've got other outlets too as well, but I've, I've had to go through that, you know, periodically I have to have that kind of reset, you know, internally, you know, for myself, I've had to do that a few times. Yeah. Is it still, is it still working? Is it still worth it? I think it's such a rewarding thing to see, to see all those light bulb moments. I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm jealous of the teacher, but I, I, I don't want that to happen. You know, Matt said with our homeschooling fr- one-year-old, one one-year-old is great, but homeschooling 31-year-olds. Oh not- yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> the thing, the thing is, you know, Matt was home with our, with our youngest, our oldest, when she kind of went from the baby to the toddler stage and made all those leaps while I was working. And mm-hmm. I missed that. And as much as he sent me pictures and video and things, mm-hmm. I felt like I missed out on that. And now I'm, I'm getting that with our younger daughter because I'm here and I'm working remotely as well. But that's how I feel about homeschool. Like right. all those things that our, our daughter is, is getting out of all of her learning, like she runs down the stairs in the middle mm-hmm. of lesson. And as long as I'm not on the phone or honestly, as long as my mic is muted, it's cool. Yeah. Um, she runs in, <laughs> bursts into the office and says, mommy, mommy, look at this thing I just did. And I say, wow, honey, that is great. She goes, yeah, see ya. You know, she's just, it's right. just, she's so excited. And I'm like, man, she was at school. I would miss this. Like I wouldn't I know. know that she just made this breakthrough and that would just make me so sad to have missed the moment, mm-hmm. you know, selfishly yeah. to yeah. have missed it. You know, we've talked a couple of times about parent partnerships and co-ops and things of that nature. Have you looked into that as an option as well to kind of offload a little bit of learning on, you know, into more of a community? Yeah, just or, or recently. In a, or in a pod. It sounds like you guys yeah. kind of have like a light pod there. Yeah, yeah. And our pod hasn't really met over the winter much. And so I'm hoping okay. we pick up again. I, I have looked into... Um, I think it's called a forest school. And I just started looking at that. Um, And there is also a a school that you can kind of drop in for lessons. And the Princeton area has a really great tight knit homeschooling community as well. And I've heard great things there. So it's not something that I've actively looked into. And I'm, I'm kind of, again, because of the pandemic, I think yeah. those are sort of restrictions that, you know, I'm hoping to explore a little bit, but not, I really haven't done too much exploration in that area. Not yet. Yeah. I was just wondering because, yeah. uh, you know, that is a, a, you know, we're going to be doing a, a parent partnership here in mm-hmm. our town where, you know, our daughter goes to kind of a kindergarten type of thing for, you know, about mm-hmm. two days a week for about three hours, but we're going to be yeah. doing our full curriculum homeschooling. But for us, we were kind of using that as kind of our enrichment thing. And it's through the, you know, the local public school. So it, it would work for us and it's close. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll do, you know, we're, we've had, we've kept you for 45 minutes. So I know you're late a night owl. So it's, it's kind of early for you. Um, do, <laughs> do you, yeah, do you have any advice that you would have, you know, you're a first year homeschooler, you've made it through the grind. You've come out on the other side. It's, it's, it's a great experience. Do you have any like wisdom or things that you wish you would have known when you started that you know now that you could pass on to that first year homeschooler who's just starting their first year? So I know this will sound cliche, but it is to be flexible. And I am not the most flexible person uh, because I do like that control and that planning a little bit. But I know that some days we're only going to do our core subjects. And some days like today, we'll do it all and we'll still have time for video games and fun and dance party and board games and things that really make our family what we are. And so I've always fallen back on if we're really having an off day, then let's just do read alouds and let's just sit and play some board games that my kids love and are still learning from. And 
sometimes we don't learn anything from board games, but most of the time we are learning something. That's what I always like to say. And so I, I think my best advice is the routine will come and it'll come when you're not looking and it'll change just like, you know, my son start stop napping. So he decided he just wanted to stop. And so sometimes then at 730 at night, I had to pick up something with my daughter and, you know, whether she was tired or not, I had to reevaluate. And I said, okay, instead of doing this lesson now, let's table this and let's do it tomorrow because I'm not going to, I'm not, it's not going to be impactful. It's not going to be meaningful at this late of the day. I'd also say that sometimes that 15 minutes of prep work that I would do over the weekend, just to put my sort of plan and goals for the week was really important so that I could set an expectation for me personally. The kids would never know what my goal <laughs> was for the week, but I needed to know my intentions going in. So that was always very helpful. Well, we really appreciate you being on the podcast. Is there something that you're doing on the side that you might want to share with people or where can people follow, you know, what you're doing? Yeah. So um, I am starting and I've kind of dabbled in this a little bit, although I haven't really given the love and attention it needs, but I have grown up with board games. It was one of those things that I just loved as a child. And it was that special time with friends and family where we could just sit down be carefree, enjoy, laugh, have some fun and play this really <laughs> great game. And so I just had good childhood memories growing up with board games. It's something that I continued uh, throughout my life. And now kind of experiencing games with my kids has just been just it's so it just melts my heart. It really does. You know, I look forward to our board game nights. I Now we have something, I just invented it called Fun Friday. And so we do <laughs> a lot of board games that I know there's a lot of Fun Fridays out there. And so we used to just have board game night every Friday and we always do. We do it so much more than just Fridays, but my kids look forward to it. I look forward to it. And now we get to play even more games and we're learning. And so I started a website called boardgamequeen.com and my husband, who is a tech guy, got this up with me. And so it's kind of like our baby and we're still developing it. And I really, once I stop uh, teaching for the semester, I'm really going to give it my all to really publish a lot of reviews and kind of show what games our family loves. And not only the kids, what they love, but what we love, um, you know, on our date nights or, you know, I don't want to say date nights. They're, they're really what pandemic date nights. Right? Yeah, so, that, that's what we do. <laughs> so dinner, I, dinner, at, dinner after eight and a romantic board game. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's been yes. many a game of space space after the yes. kids have gone to bed with yes. uh, some pizza. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly the same here. And, you know, it's actually gotten us through like a really like sometimes we just need that, you know, and need that outlet alone as a couple and then also with the family. And so it's our go to thing. And I just love, love, love the memories that I have growing up with board games and now I get to continue that that great feeling with my kids. And so that's a, a website that I started. I do have an Instagram site. It's officialboardgamequeen.com. And I'm just starting to post little pictures from our homeschool experience. And I hope, again, I've, I've published more on our website, but um, I'm hoping to really kind of, I always say our launch date is, is June 1st, all that, that, that date keeps shifting. <laughs> so, you know, as I get to it, I'm really, I, I do have a blog schedule and I I finally kind of came up with something that I'm happy with and that I think is manageable for uh, my roles. But I'm really, really excited about it because I want to share this with the world, you know. 
That's awesome. Well, oh, that's awesome. Yep. I'll be following. I, I'm always looking for a new game for my wish list. The music was <laughs> swelling. We were like, "Yes, keep going." Oh, we'll, we love we'll, games. We'll make sure to keep, put all. We'll make sure to put all the links to all your stuff in Instagram and your website in the show notes. So if anybody's listening, just head down on the show notes. You can get it there. Yeah. Um. But Teresa, thank you so much for yeah, joining us. Yeah, this was us. so and great. Congratulations on your first first year of homeschool. We will yes. send you your certificate in the mail. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, I love certificates. Thank you. <laughs> We should send out a digital certificate. <laughs> I'll leave it to you, Boozy. You're the creative oh, one. I'll get right on Canva and start making something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need to make something really cool. <laughs> Once you do, I'll take a picture and I'll send it back to you. <laughs> sign, sign it and, and, and scan it and send it back. <laughs> well, you know, if you have the certification of Homeschool Together podcast, you've made it. Yes. I have. I do you have. need, I, do you need any other state re- requirement? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a win i love it i love it so awesome. thank you no thank you thank you so, so much thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey please engage with us on social media join our homeschool together podcast group on facebook and find us at homeschool together podcast on instagram we'd love to hear your feedback questions and recommendations until next time happy homeschooling